Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode, I'm flying solo. It's always a bit of a challenge sometimes to pick up the camera and go out and shoot. So in this episode of Focus, I wanted to talk about making time for yourself to shoot. So basically, the idea is planning some time, putting some time aside. It's just like you would do for a client or for a meeting or whatever, where you actually pencil out a section of the day, whether it be the morning, afternoon or whenever, where you kind of say, okay, this is, I'm booking this out because I'm going out and shooting with my camera. And one of the things I try and do is, I mean, I try and get out and shoot as much as I possibly can. I've got free time to get out. And, you know, sometimes, like I said, you, it's easy to fall into the trap where sometimes you, just things get away on you and you just don't have a chance to pick the camera up. So the idea of actually making a, an appointment for yourself, I think, makes sense because it kind of helps you then refocus and think about getting out and doing some shooting with your camera so I mean most mornings I try and get up you know when I get up quite often I'll take the camera out in the backyard there's always something to shoot uh, with the birds and wildlife and similarly like when I get home from the office or wherever I've been for the day I'll quite often pick the camera up and maybe go and shoot something in the afternoon so the birds fly flying over and just just so I'm actually behind the camera without really having to go to get in the car, drive to a destination, and um, because sometimes that can be a hassle. Like sometimes like if you've been working and you know like there's a good spot but there's always a lot of traffic, so you've got to kind of get through the traffic and you've got to get to that spot and then it kind of like becomes a bit too hard. So maybe even just think about what you can shoot within walking distance or what you can shoot close to your home, even, like I said, from your own backyard. And I've been absolutely amazed of the number of different bird species that I've been able to photograph just from my own backyard. And I just, like I said, the other thing is you start to learn about your own area and the habits of the birds. I know um, each afternoon at particular times of the day there's different birds will fly through, a flock of them will fly through. They're pretty, I don't know how they work it out, but they're pretty much always within you know 10 minute window of time zone you know they're flying through it in the same spot and they they seem to have two flight paths one is directly over my house and the other is over the neighbor's house but they always seem to take the overall flight path and it's just like really interesting and like I said as in the morning when you kind of get out of bed and you see the birds all flying and typically the birds are flying from east to west in the afternoon most of the birds are flying west back to the east which is like I said and, and a lot of them are, it's very predictable like you see the same types of species of birds flying around the same type of time of day you know there's other birds too there's a an osprey that I see nearly every afternoon flies just kind of fly over the house and um, you know he's just drifting away up quite high on the on the on the currents just drifting around and like I said it's kind of you know, people think sometimes you have to go to a, a location to, to shoot something different. Like I said, I've got some really cool pictures of 
of things, just like I said, I've been able to capture from my own backyard. Yeah, quite often too. Like, I mean, there's some afternoons where you, you come away with very little. Some, you know, some of the stuff you shot is, is kind of there's nothing too exciting happening or you don't, you know, you, you, you miss the focus or something else happens. But it does help you, you know, if you set that discipline for yourself to get out and shoot on a regular basis. And, and it's like everything. I mean, like people who, if you go to the gym, most people will try and set some time aside to go to the gym. If they don't kind of set that time aside to go to the gym, then it just doesn't happen. And think about the same thing for your photography. If you don't actually make time for your photography, how are you going to grow as a photographer? So you've got to kind of, if you're really passionate about photography and you really want to kind of grow your skills as a photographer and you want to improve all the time, like I said, think about it like any other discipline. Think about how you need to allocate time. You need to do some planning and, like I said, try and remove the excuse factors like, oh, it's going to be... It's going to be too hot, or it's it's going to be this, it's going to be that, uh, it's going to be too cold, there's too many mosquitoes about, or whatever. But I mean, if you do some planning, and like I said, sometimes you can just simply not go too far from your actual home location and shoot something a little bit different. Sometimes you can just find a little bit of a a little bit of a spot where you can maybe shoot the sunset, you know, with some trees in the background or whatever. Sometimes, like I said, it's like if you live in a kind of a multi-level building, sometimes you might find there's a, a balcony or an area you can go to to get a kind of elevated look at the um, either the eastern sunrise you know, or the western sunset skies and be able to photograph something which you can kind of fit within your schedule. So basically if you schedule yourself and say, okay, I'm going to shoot in the morning, I'm going to take the camera out 15 to... 15 to 30 minutes and I'm just going to see what I can spot and similarly if you do it in the afternoon all of a sudden now you're actually shooting a lot more than you probably were before and it actually helps you to practice some skills like if you just use the birds that are flying over to try and even if you don't have a super long telephoto lens you know say you've only got like a 200 mil lens or something as your longest lens don't be put off by that but just get in the habit of trying to capture the birds trying to get them in focus and get the shots and also like I said look out for things that are happening around you're looking at you know sometimes the morning and the afternoon sun you know around golden hour produce this fantastic light and sometimes just the light coming through different types of foliage can make a really interesting shot so kind of don't be kind of thinking oh there's no subjects out there I've seen some like amazing shots people have taken just around their local area and you kind of wonder like, oh, where'd you get that shot? No, that was like taken from my front yard or that was taken from my backyard. And again, it's just about looking around and seeing new opportunities, like seeing stuff that you've seen, you know, you've seen it before and, you know, but see it with a fresh set of eyes. And sometimes that's what you need to just to think about, push away all those prejudices about saying there's nothing there to shoot. Just try and push through that. And like I said, look around, just see what's near you. I mean, like I said, people sometimes, you, know, you might be lucky enough that you can walk, you know, a short distance from your house and maybe come across a creek or a watercourse or some other area where potentially there's, there's going to be some wildlife or there's going to be some movement or there's going to be something, like an opportunity, maybe some reflections of the of the sunrise or sunset happening on the water. And again, look for those different types of shots. Sometimes, you know, the... 
sunset reflections in car windows and reflections in buildings windows they 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 make a really you know stunning shot because you've got all those colors there similarly too like you know if there's an area too where there's patches of water lie look around those patches of water and look at the sky sometimes you'll see how it's perfectly reflecting the clouds above or you know some other elements that might be you know reflecting some of the trees or foliage around you and can give you a really different look because you've kind of got this little pool of water and it's kind of framed around by dirt and you've got an image sitting there waiting to be captured and sometimes like changing your angle when you're looking at things like reflections and water and stuff like that look at it from all different angles because it will change so you can get sometimes in a position where you won't you won't be in the reflection but you can actually capture the reflection uh, quite well so that's that's really you know again makes for a cool shot to something a little bit different so all these things are I remember you know showing someone just recently a shot I took of the sunset and it'd been we'd had a period of a lot of rain so there was still you know the rain had stopped and probably had hadn't probably rained that day but some of the gutters were still had water in them and some of them were starting like the water was starting to slow right down so that was kind of pooling up and I took a shot with the using that water to reflect a really pretty sunset. And because the shape of the water, it, you know, just produced a different type of shot. And um, someone said, oh, how did you get that shot? And I said, well, it's, it's easy to get. It's basically just got to keep your eyes open and you've got to look for opportunities. And as a photographer, I mean, that's what you're constantly doing. You're looking for opportunities. You're looking for that shot that other people have not seen. And the way you find those shots is... You have to be kind of hyper, hyper, have a hyper vision on where you're actually looking at everything and analysing everything and anything that's a reflective surface that you look at that reflective surface and you just look about how you might be able to um, incorporate what's been reflected in that surface in a frame and how it might come across um, as an image. And like I said, sometimes those reflective type images make really, really cool images. And like I said, you can have a lot of fun um, playing with them and creating them the other thing too is, is some of those reflective elements like if it's car windows you might be able to move the vehicle into a position where you know you get that different shot I mean there's people may or may not have seen shots where people have shot you know sitting in the driver's seat and they've shot in the rear vision mirror of a sunset behind them so you've got this kind of tight framing around the mirror so you know it's a car mirror and you can see the sunset so in it and it's kind of again it just adds an, I suppose a different way to present a sunset that you're viewing it from a rear view mirror rather than looking at it directly. And like I said, it, I think it's always interesting to change your angle, change your perspective of the way you're looking at stuff and just look for those different opportunities and those different, like I said, they're all out there. But again, it's it's like everything in life, you have to go and find stuff. Like it's it's not very often that shots will just kind of come your way, poke you in the face and say, hey, look at me, take a shot. A lot of shots, um, you have to kind of be, like I said, looking for them. And like I said, think outside the square. Don't think about, I have to get this particular shot, or I have to get that particular shot. I mean, I kind of like sometimes you can create a nice artistic shot. Sometimes you'll have, you know, you'll be tracking a bird and the bird will fly behind some foliage and you capture parts of the bird between the foliage and it kind of gives you a, the foliage is a blurry effect so it kind of gives an abstract effect so sometimes like I said putting something between you and the subject can actually 
make the shot more interesting. Still know it's a bird, still know it's flying, but this, you know, this movement of this leaf that's out of focus because the camera's focused on where the bird would be can produce some really interesting shots, like I said. And again, people then start to see images in a different way and say, hey, I, never, I thought everything had to be super sharp. I thought it had to be really defined. But sometimes, like I said, just taking a shot that is different will get people stop and look at that shot and, and see the beauty in it. And like I said, it just comes back from that experimentation. But it comes from also just getting out there with your camera and actually being active um, shooting, like I said, and making that time, like I said, you know, in your diary, you're penciling off this time for you to be behind the camera. And that way you can basically hone your skills, you can learn things about your camera. I mean, it's a good opportunity to, you know, if you've got a new camera, the backyard is an absolutely fantastic place to experiment with the different modes and the different settings in your camera. It's kind of a safe environment. If you need to go back and look at the book, you're probably going to have it just inside. But you can, or if you want to, you know, you shoot something and you want to see it on a bigger screen, you can quickly download it on a computer and you can make some adjustments and you can see exactly how those settings are affecting the pictures that you take and where, you know, and then you learn from that so that that's where you build your your knowledge base that's where you learn about your camera and a lot of people don't take that time to really go in and, and I suppose interrogate the camera and look at the, all the different functions quite often people will go you know oh you know someone will talk about in-camera double exposure and the camera is capable of it, but they've never actually tried it um, they know they know it's in there they've flicked through and they've seen something in the menu but again they haven't actually experiment backyard's a fantastic place to experiment with things like you know in camera double exposure because that way you can you know got a controlled safe environment got limited time you're not traveling to a venue like i mean that and that's one of the killer things with photography a lot of photography is it's it's about the location so you're traveling to somewhere and you might you know the whole exercise might be say four hours, but you've spent, you know, two and a half hours of that time travelling to get to the um, location and travelling back. So you don't really have have spent that much time behind the camera. When you think about it, if you can kind of make some time to shoot from your backyard or your front yard, I mean, people like I said, you know, if you live in an apartment, most apartments are built somewhere near a park. So there's some or green space, somewhere where you can you know, not go too far down the road with your camera to, um, to experiment these things. So just think about your park as, as your backyard, if it's, you know, nice and close and handy to you. And again, like I said, it's typically you can do this in a safe environment. Um, you're in familiar surroundings, especially too, like in the afternoon when it gets dark, you might want to make sure you feel, you know, you're more comfortable to get back before it gets totally dark, which is understandable, but at least you know the location you're in but if you go to some drive to some location and you're kind of there for the first time and you're tramping around and because it can you know one of the things that I think most photographers will kind of relate to is sometimes time is um it just disappears when you when you're out having fun with your camera you can melt um hours really really easy without realizing how quickly the time's going. So sometimes, like I said, you're out in a, in a location and you're kind of out there and, you know, you plan to kind of be finished shooting by a particular time. But when you do take time to look at your your watch or 
look at the time on your phone, you suddenly realise you've been there for such a long, long time but you haven't kind of realised it. And again, it's just that being absorbed in what you're doing. And again, that's fun. That's the fun thing. That's why you that's why you're why you're picking the camera up because it's something that you enjoy doing. It's something that you're absorbed in. It's something that you can um, just lose yourself in. And photography for a lot of people is, is escapism. It's it's escaping the real world and entering that world where you're in control and you can create stuff that you know satisfies your soul. So in this episode, I've been talking about making time for your photography. That's basically allocating time each week where you allocate so much time, so many hours a week that you're going to actually be shooting with your camera just so that you actually do get out there and shoot. And again, it can be even uh, if you're, you know, say in a situation where maybe you've got um, issues where you can't move around too freely, but even inside the house, you can start experimenting and playing around with lighting things. You know, afternoon, the afternoon light coming through, um, a window hitting a table where there's a vase um, or a fruit bowl. Sometimes, you know, th- these shots can actually make a really cool still life shot, especially with the, you know, the way the light's coming through the window, the way it's hitting the objects, shadows that it's casting. And some of these things, you can shoot them quite tight, so you're not shooting like a big kind of the whole room, but you're kind of zooming in on the bowl of fruit or you're zooming in on the on the vase with whatever's in the vase and you know, you're trying to capture some of the detail and again that can just make for interesting shots so you don't really have to go kind of outside of the the house if you don't want to but you could allocate to shoot some still life stuff in your in your apartment for argument's sake just by like I said setting up some items a lot of people have um you know they, they have collectibles so some collectibles make fantastic props so, um, and sometimes the collectibles are things that people don't see very often. It might be that you collect and you build some of the limited edition Lego figures and you may not have thought about trying to experiment with those Lego figures and setting them up and using different types of light source, or using window light or using artificial light and just trying to light them in a way and then photograph them in a slightly different way. And then these are things, like I said, you can just do from within your own property you don't have to go too far you don't have to invest huge amounts of time in you know getting to and from a place you can basically just look around what's around you and use what's immediately at your disposal so I think this is kind of like a a thing that people like sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking there's nothing to shoot at home or there's nothing to shoot around my local area I need to to go to some exotic location and some of the coolest pictures I've seen that people have produced are um, shot very, very close to their home or and that type of stuff. So that, but because they've been out, like I said, with that hypervision when they've been out looking, um, spotting things, seeing things, and then using their camera to capture those things, be able to share them with you know, other people. So again, so my you know thoughts on you know photography is that you now if you want to get better as a photographer, you must shoot more. You know, you need to shoot and work out the stuff that you don't like. So sometimes if you shoot stuff like because you think it's boring, but it will teach you a lot about photography. So if you see stuff that you shoot and you don't particularly like it, work out what is it you don't like about those that shot. Is it lighting? You know, is it subject? Is it composition? What is it? But analyse that and kind of do like a, a deep dive into 
um, what you like and what you don't like. And this will help, like I said, build your style as well because once, I mean, style is typically around about you tend to focus on things that you like shooting. So that's where most people's style comes from, that they like a particular type of shot. Maybe it's maybe you're really, you really love bokeh, so you really love shooting that shallow depth of field stuff. So you shoot kind of a lot of stuff um, with a blurred out background and that kind of becomes your signature shot. Or it might be that, you know, you like to shoot stuff kind of in more in the high key style where the images are very bright and airy. But again, just experimenting, just trying different things, trying, like I said, stuff close to home, not having to you know, venture too far, just basically, but making that time. And that's going to be the hardest thing for most people is trying to commit the time. As I you know, said earlier in the podcast, talking about, you know, it is very much like going to the gym um, or doing exercise, just you know, if you're just doing exercise at home. If you don't make a routine... I can actually pencil out some time and go, okay, at, you know, at 6 o'clock to 6.30 is going to be my exercise time and you kind of know then when that time rolls around that's what, what you want to do. Again, it kind of, I think, and that's why people sometimes, you know, they will get a gym membership because it does help them but you can't kind of get a photography membership at, at a photography gym. Maybe it would be good if there was photography gyms because more and more people would kind of, maybe get out there and really hone their craft and we'd see, you know, more photographers creating incredible images. And again, it's like I said, you know, we all create stuff for different reasons and, but, you know, you do have to have some motivation. There has to be something that drives you. There has to be something that kind of keeps you on track. And most people, you know, I hear talk talk about when they have like a downturn with their photography where they put the camera down for, you know, sometimes months and months at a time is that they said they just ran out of time to shoot, so they just, you know, couldn't shoot, so they just put the camera down. But it becomes like a a bit of like a, you know, like the snowball going down the hill. Like the, the longer you leave it, the bigger the snow, you know, the further the snowball travels and more snow picks up and the bigger it gets. So, so sometimes just, like I said, trying to keep those periods of time when you're not shooting to a minimum. I mean, and again, you don't have to get out. And, I'm not saying you need to get out and shoot every day. But, I mean, you want to be, I reckon, if you're trying to build yourself as a photographer, you want, you want to be behind the camera at least a couple of times a week. And, again, it might just be only for a few minutes. It mightn't be, you know, a great period where you don't shoot for two hours. You know, you might go and shoot, like I said, for ten minutes, and that's, that's it. And sometimes, like I said, that's just all it takes is that little bit of discipline. And, like I said, and then use that time to experiment and try different things and, you know, there's some techniques that you'll never use, but sometimes it's worthwhile trying different techniques, you know, like panning. And for your particular style, I mean, if you're, say, if you're really interested in, say, doing environmental portraits and, you know, portraits of people and family portraits and those type of things, panning's probably not a skill that you're going to use too often unless unless they start running away and you're trying to, trying to catch them and you're going to try and catch them in a panning shot. So some things aren't kind of necessarily use, you know, usable in your particular area of photography, but I think it's always good to have a crack at all the different types of photography techniques, whether it be panning, whether it be you know, shooting um, in different styles of photography, just to so you get an understanding of how it works because those things all kind of help build your knowledge base 
as a photographer because the more you kind of learn as a photographer, the better the photographer you become because then you actually know if you've got some skills where you can kind of reach into the toolbox and grab something out when you need it because you've kind of played with it and practiced it or it's a setting in your camera because you know, you've experimented in the backyard and you kind of know how that feature works. It's always good to do that. I think one of the, the common things if people sometimes when they first go out and they try to shoot some um, long exposure night photography, one of the first challenges they run into is they, you know, I see it on many, many different forums, people going, oh, there's something wrong with my camera. Last night, you know, I went into the city and I was trying to shoot some light trails and I had the camera on the tripod and, I, you know, I'm doing this 30-second exposure and, and then but the camera then is doing this weird stuff where for the next 30 seconds it's I can't see anything happening the camera is doing something but I don't know what it's doing and it's because it's on long exposure compensation mode some cameras it's on by default where basically it takes a shot for 30 seconds and then it takes a dark shot for 30 seconds and what it's what the camera is looking for is it's looking for any hot pixels that might have happened in the image so then it's trying to remove them from the final image but if you're kind of out there shooting and you and say there's like i don't know there's something happening that's you need to shoot like frame after frame you're trying to you do that but having that downside of you know the, the camera not being able to be used for that next 30 seconds sometimes can be frustrating and people wonder what it is but if you experimented say doing some long exposure night photography in your backyard you start to see this phenomenon and then you start to kind of ask questions about why is my camera doing this? And then you can kind of learn a bit about it and say, oh, okay, it's a feature in there. Okay, I can I can turn that feature off or, or no, it's a useful feature. But at least if you've kind of experimented previously before that, you know more about it. So on this episode, we've been talking about booking some time, make yourself a diary entry, book some time, my photography time, and try and stick to with it so you can basically, you know, just get that extra experience, keep that flame alive, and like I said, keep yourself motivated behind the camera. As always, have fun with your camera, and like I said, always keep safe. Things, Still things happening in the world where we need to kind of be cautious and keep safe, but like I said, the main thing is to try and have as much fun with your camera and try and, like I said, just learn as much about photography as you can. Until next time, I'm Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. See you soon. Bye. That's all for this episode this week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment and don't forget to follow us on your favourite podcast app and social media sites. Remember, photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn. Safe and happy shooting, everyone. Oh,